At SheFly, we always say that the problem is not our anatomy, it's our clothing, and so that's why we looked to solve the problem within our clothing before adding something else. The whole point of SheFly is feeling comfortable and empowered in the outdoors, so whatever helps you feel that way, we're all on board with. From Vermont Center for Emerging Technologies, it's Start Here, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. Today, we sit down with Georgia Grace Edwards, a mid-kid, adventure junkie, and female founder who's helping women everywhere pee with privacy and comfort. Welcome. This is Sam Roach-Gerber and Dave Bradbury, recording from the Consolidated Communications Technology Hub in downtown Burlington, Vermont. Hi, Georgia Grace. Hello. We got our world traveler back Welcome here, Welcome back to the U.S. Thank you. It's good to be here. So tell our listeners, where were you for the past year? I was living in a small town in the Czech Republic called Turnov, about an hour and a half north of Prague. Damn. Yeah. And what were you doing there? I was teaching English at a business academy. I was on a Fulbright fellowship. Hell yeah. That's pretty amazing after graduating Middlebury College, so... Yeah. And you're an entrepreneur, too, all the while. So, yeah. Boom. Let's talk about that. What is SheFly, and why does it matter? SheFly is a layerable line of outdoor pants for women that allows us to comfortably, safely, and easily relieve ourselves in the outdoors without exposing skin to the elements or other people. So long story short, it's pants women can pee out of. And why does that matter? Some people don't get it still, right? Right. So it's this idea came from a summer I spent working as a glacier guide on the Mendenhall Glacier in Alaska. And so using the bathroom was a huge issue, issue for me in that environment, especially in terms of finding privacy, being surrounded by freezing temperatures all the time, taking off layers. And so we kind of came at it from that initial pain point. But what we found is that women want this even when they're wearing shorts in hot weather for privacy or to protect against bug bites or cactus pricks. We have heard every story imaginable when it comes to literally answering nature's call outside. Yeah, I I mean, it sounds like it was sort of bigger than you ever imagined it was, this sort of issue. Completely. We we started out thinking we were going to do snow pants, and now we're thinking about all these different applications. We get messages every day from people. The most recent one was um, national park rangers, female rangers. They can choose their pants, um, and so they've requested that we make she flies in a green color so that they could use them at work, which is a market we never thought about before. Wow. That's incredible. Also, I'm very much on board for green. <laughs> yeah, it's a good color. So... Are you an accidental entrepreneur then, or did you always have this sort of problem-solving entrepreneurial aspiration? That's a very good question. I think I've always been very action-oriented. I get really impatient when there's a problem and nothing ever happens. You can ask my family. (laughs) Um, And I think that going to Middlebury really gave me a chance to explore that more tangible problem-solving side taking um, first mid-core during the summer and then Middlebury Entrepreneurs with you two. Blushing. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so Middlebury Entrepreneurs was really fun to meet you. Uh, I don't think I knew you at mid-core and just see you sort of iterate through like, what's that first sort of, the first steps are risky, (laughs) right? And, And scary and lonely and I don't believe you had partners at the time. So what do you remember from the good old days, which were literally like less than two years ago, so. (laughs) Um, I remember 
thinking that I was fine with public speaking until I realized I was going to be solely public speaking about peeing and male genitalia and anatomy and a lot of super (laughs) taboo topics, which I'm now very comfortable with, maybe too comfortable with. Um, I also remember feeling super overwhelmed. It's hard to know where to start, especially as a young entrepreneur. And I think Middlebury Entrepreneurs, that class really broke down the action steps, which was helpful. Well, I, to me, it's amazing how far you've come just in the confidence in the way that you speak and you talk about the topic and even how much you believe in this product. I mean, I remember our first conversation before Mid-Entrepreneurs in October or whatever it was, and you were like, yeah, so, you know, I'm not totally sure this is my idea. And I was like, what? Whoa. I was like, that's so cool. And you were like, yeah, you know, it is pretty cool. And then like fast forward a couple months later and you were like, in it totally and I think that you know that's that's common with entrepreneurs right it's Mm -hmm. like you have this kind of secret thing that you've kind of been noodling on and like it's really hard to like make it a public thing and start talking about it and I think you have just come so far in that regard it's been really cool to watch you make a good point too which is that I think one of the key steps to entrepreneurship is finding people who perhaps believe in your idea more than you do, if that's possible. And I think that's the reason we've been able to come so far is that we have a really supportive base who has helped us even believe in ourselves more. Well, I think your early survey with maybe it was a cross-country team or something was it was was like one in three women had peed their pants while in activities or something to that effect is... I mean, that gives you confidence. It's just not your problem, maybe, right? There's a market there. So um, yeah, that was, that was really a great month to spend. So, so you start out as a solopreneur, mm-hmm. right? And then talk about your founders, how you, how you attracted them, or they, they approached you, and, and you know, what, are, what were sort of the decision steps and, and uh, lessons learned there? So... I had met Bianca Gonzalez, one of our co-founders, the summer before. I never, we both went to Middlebury, but I didn't meet her there. We were both interning at Goldman Sachs in Salt Lake City. Neither of us (laughs) uh, enjoyed the office a whole lot, but we bonded outside on hikes a lot. And so she was one of the first people I ran this idea by, and she was instantly into it. She understood it. She had struggled with this herself, and so... When I went back to Middlebury, I took Middlebury Entrepreneurs that winter, and she um, helped out. She graduated right after that class, uh, and she actually turned down a full-time job to stay in Vermont and keep building this out, which was another one of those instances where I was like, wow, someone really believes in this. And that's that was hard for you. I remember like having that yeah. conversation where you were like, "I cannot believe this person wants to do this." And it, right, it was like turn down Goldman Sachs. Or yeah, something. <laughs> crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. It was a, I think it was a national science job Is at a laboratory. Okay. Yeah, pretty impressive. She's very impressive. Um, yeah, it's it's risky and it's hard to feel responsible for other people's fates because your fate is so intertwined with your co-founders. But I think she definitely made the right move, and that's part of why we're here today. And then we knew that I was going to be leaving for a Fulbright, and we wanted to bring someone else on board to help out in the U.S. And Charlotte Massey, our other co-founder, happened to have a year off from Middlebury for some health stuff. And so she came back to Vermont to help out, and she knew Bianca because they lived in the kind of mountain interest clubhouse together. 
Um, and then we've kind of delineated roles. We learned in your class about hacker, hipster, hustler. <laughs> and so we, we fulfilled all three of those roles and we've Which continued. Which one are you? I'm the hustler. You're the hustler? All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, Charlotte, we first met Charlotte and the year prior to you in, in Middlebury Entrepreneurs as well with mm -hmm. her, uh, her other business. So. An incredible artist. Yep, that's why she's our hipster. Love it. Um, so tell us a little bit about the actual product. I, I mean, Dave and I know it well, but we haven't actually touched on that at all yet. So we just completed a crowdfunding campaign, which went very well. We were using iFundWomen, which is a great platform for women, especially early stage female entrepreneurs. And our goal was 15000 We raised over 51000 in Whoa. about five weeks. Boom. Yeah. Dave called it. He sent an email when he saw our goal, and he was like, go for 50000 And uh, I thought he was crazy, but he was right. It's yeah. annoying, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And maybe still crazy. Loco. I prefer loco. So. <laughs> um, and so we offered a few different rewards, um, everything from no-sew patches, which you can use to fix your puffy with our logo, to Kula cloths, which um, is another perfect product for our brand. We've partnered with them. They make antimicrobial pea cloths so that you don't have to pack in and out toilet paper, and they look cute, they're nice to have. And then our pants we pre-sold, which was the main thing. And so our first line of pants are hiking pants, and they have a second zipper that begins at the bottom of the first zipper you're used to using to get your pants on and off. And it extends all the way to the back so that women can control the size and location of the space they need to create when they're using the bathroom whenever, wherever. Man, you really do have that down. <laughs> I've only said it a couple thousand times. So um, <laughs> Much how many backers? Like almost 500 backers yep, from the campaign? About 500 backers, And yeah. what were their story? Any like concentrations of their stories? Like are they young women, older women, athletes, not athletes? Like any sense of who they are? In your class, I think we had kept our uh, target market pretty young, like ages 18 to 34, and I've been surprised by how many older women are really interested in this product. Um, let's see, we've heard stories of people who want these for rock climbing. That's another pain point we've learned about is getting stranded in the middle of a pitch um, if, when you have to take your harness off. Um, yeah, people who live the van life, who need something easy to get in and out, mm -hmm. things like that, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Any other competition? Do you have competition for this, or, or is this just a whole new category that you're creating? Uh, as it stands, this is a whole new category. There are a couple other solutions that women have tried to solve this problem of relieving themselves outside. The first is do-it-yourself DIY solutions. Uh, they're crazy. <laughs> Posts about this on many different blogs. I will spare you the details on this podcast. Um, the second <laughs> is Lady Hike, which is a hiking dress, uh, but a lot, of, a lot of women prefer to be in pants. It seems to be defenseless in the cold and isn't harness compatible. And then FUDs, or female urination devices, which you both have heard a lot about from hearing my pitches over and over, but they're basically a rubber representation of male genitalia that you can carry around with you on your backpack. Uh, and yeah, that's going to be a hard no from me. <laughs> we Right. At SheFly, we always say that the problem is not our anatomy, it's our clothing, and so that's why we looked to solve the problem within our clothing before adding something else. But what we have found from a few prototype testers who happen to really actually like FUDs is that 
many of the problems with FUDs come from overflow, and it's because the zipper isn't in the right position. But with our zipper, hmm. in conjunction, you can kind of use so them complementary, together. it's complementary, not a yeah. or they complement each other. Oh, so yeah. you gotta be kind of nice to the FUD people now. Because, yeah, you know, I mean, working together. To the solve whole the point of SheFly is feeling comfortable and empowered in the outdoors. So whatever helps you feel that way, we're all on board with. Love that. Yeah. So what are your goals for the business? Like, you have three founders. Uh, I mean, what do you want with this? And is it full-time, part-time? So for the past year, all three co-founders have been working remotely while being full-time students or working full-time. So we've been coordinating between three or more time zones, which has been crazy, but we've made it happen. Uh, and I think right now the goals that we're really focusing on uh, are the patents because when if our patents come through, that allows us to more easily expand into other markets and just get this uh, product and technology available to as many people as possible. So we have applied for uh, utility and design patents, and fingers crossed if those come through, we want to be able to license, license them to everyone, whether it's the military or we've had a company express interest. They make women's workwear for carpentry and things like that. So there's a lot of potential applications. Very cool. And how is that sort of coming along? Are those filed and sort of pending? Filed and pending, uh, and now we're looking at international protection. And I looked at a spreadsheet today with some really high price tags. It so. gets to be a little scary, right? Yeah, yeah, it's very scary. We'll see what happens. One day at a time, right? Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I sort of love about your your company is you have a focus on sustainability as well um, with your production, and obviously it aligns with your mission of, of being sort of outdoorsy and advocating for women outdoors. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Definitely. So the outdoors are only so good as long as they're there. Right. Uh, and so we have partnered with a zero waste factory in India. It's in the same valley where the Dalai Lama lives, oddly enough. And my co-founder Charlotte is there right now overseeing our first round of production. Uh, and zero, zero waste means that any piece of fabric or hardware that enters the factory must leave as a product. So there's nothing they're throwing away. So that's been really great for us because we know that this first round of pants we're making, are they're being made with fabric that would otherwise have been thrown away, but now can be made into this great product. And it's high quality um, fabric, so I think it would have been a real shame to throw it away. Uh, and the factory also has a great mission regarding uh, women's empowerment and just human rights in general. So we're definitely happy to back all of that up. It aligns well with our mission statement. Hell yeah. Was that hard to find? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like a dream factory. Yeah, it was hard to find, but the Middlebury Network helped us a lot. Love it. Yeah. They do that. <laughs> they do. Even when you're a startup who can't really meet minimum orders or don't have a lot of capital, yeah, there's always a way. Love that. Yeah. So talk about capital for a second. Like, how have you financed the, the company and, and scrapped together resources? Well, at the very beginning, I'm sure you remember that you, you and Sam went to Goodwill and purchased <laughs> um, a bunch of odd end uh, pants at Goodwill for our startup. And so we were really struggling at the beginning, but thanks to the generosity of people like you, we were able to keep prototyping on dozens and dozens and dozens of pairs of pants. 
and pay local seamstresses and designers. Um, the crowdfunding campaign has definitely helped, but it's not like a GoFundMe where everything you get is a donation that you get to keep because we're actually sending people the product. We sold them something. Um, pitch competitions have been really helpful. We just won the Vermont iFund Women pitch competition, which was incredible. It was really great to be on the same platform as all these other really, can I cuss on this? Podcast? Of course, yeah. Please, please okay. do. I was going to say badass. Uh, oh. Women entrepreneurs. Oh, that's Lord. A, that's like a swear word. I am yeah. no. okay, screwed. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I was prepared for something. I was like, oh my God, like, Georgia. Okay. <laughs> I was like, here goes no, nothing. No, it won't get worse. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> You're such a sweet angel. Uh, yeah, seriously. Um, and I know you touched on it a little bit at the beginning, but can you talk a little bit more about iFund Women as a platform? And you know, would you recommend that to other folks? Um, what's what's the deal there? Definitely, iFund Women has been great. So many people at the beginning hadn't heard of them before, and so we're kind of pushing us in the direction of Kickstarter, which I think is still a great option for a lot of people. But the benefit of a platform like iFundWomen is that you are surrounded by an incredible support network of women who are all going through the same exact thing that you are, and they offer a lot of coaching opportunities that a platform like Kickstarter doesn't. So it's really great for your first crowdfunding campaign because what we've learned is that it is all, all of the work falls on you. I used to think that I could just throw up a GoFundMe page and that's how I would raise money. And the strategy behind crowdfunding takes months and months and months of work. So I'm glad that we had coaching available to do that. Uh, and then there's a lot of collaboration opportunities on the platform, which is great as well. They can do everything from your video to helping you design your page, everything. Love it. Yeah. Good to know. Good testimonial to have here. Um, can we talk about mentors and experts that you've been able to find and use that might know something about zippers or clothing manufacture or outdoors? Like, is that a, was that an advantage in the Vermont community or with the college networks that you can talk about? Yeah, it definitely helped us get off our feet right at the very beginning when we didn't know anyone, the Vermont community came in clutch. We talked to Wendy Butler a few times who had tried to do this with hunting pants just on her own. Uh, and that was inspiring to see how one person could make so much happen. And so she was really helpful. We talked to Carolyn Cook who did Isis clothing and they also had a similar design that did this in base layers, which was great to hear from her. Um, the entire VSET community has been great for getting press and hearing about new things going on, hearing about competitions. You two, of course. We have many professors. It was one of our professors, an economics professor, who helped us found or find our factory, John Isham. So we're very grateful to him. I could go on and on and on. Mamava, Sasha at Mamava, has helped us some with refining our logo and things like that. That's great. It's been a joy. Really, effort. really nifty to see a, yeah, a young team, first time entrepreneur team, um, and an idea that, you know, a little bit different at the start, right? <laughs> yeah, um, you could say that. Really get unfair advantages and help. And, and, and I, I think a big part of that is just a testament to you as a founder and, and also to um, Bianca and Charlotte as well. There's, 
not only is it a really amazing mission that you can't help but like, but you guys just have a presence that is incredible. I mean, I know the most recent example is when you and Charlotte did your, your Ted talk and Stowe, <laughs> which was amazing. Um, but I think back to the first, uh, pitch you did with soup at, <laughs> uh, at study hall, right down the street here. And you commanded the room and told a story that was just so intoxicating for people in the room. And how can you not want to help that person? Right. And so I think that's a huge testament to how far you guys have come and that, um, that you sort of have this amazing energy behind it. That, that is really inspiring. Remember when she grabbed the microphone at the female founders <laughs> event of ours? We were like, hey, is there any student here? It's like, whoosh. And you gave a quick pitch, which I loved. I mean, the hustler in you is just <laughs> It, it <awesome>. comes out. <laughs> yeah. Like, have you ever doubted this journey? I think I have moments of frustration like you would with any startup, but I, I've never doubted the mission or what we're doing. And I think that's why pitching it comes more easily. It's easy to talk about something you believe in 100% and that's a part of you. And I've said from day one, even if this fails, which I hope it doesn't, um, I'm just happy that we've brought this this idea that was just in my head into a reality. Uh, so no matter what happens, I'm proud of where we've come. Dave, we usually have tissues on the table and we don't today. And it's like the one time I'm getting a little bit emotional over here. No, I think it's just your allergies. Is that what it is? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, someone turn a fan on the dust or something. Um, all right, I'm going to bring it back to something a little bit more depressing because I'm getting too inspired over here. Mm. Let's talk about failure. Anything along the way that oh, really just held you back or got in the way? I mean... In the last hour, I could think of about 17 oh. things. Um, that, yeah. includes, that includes sitting down here, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Thanks for bringing me back down to reality. <laughs> and thank you for that. Um, so many struggles and failures, and that's how we've learned. Um, one thing about pants or really any product is it's so much more difficult than you think. There are so many more moving parts than you think. So I remember in econ classes, they always use the example of if a t-shirt's made here and with this fabric and these parts and this tariff, it'll be this much. But with pants, it's like you have to connect with a fabric sourcer. Then you have to connect with a factory. Then you have to find all the individual pieces of hardware, the buttons and the snaps and the zippers. Um, and we've had a lot of, we just sent out an update to our loyal crowdfunder, crowdfunding supporters. We have had a delay with fabric um, some fabric was misrepresented to us, the quality, and we didn't want to end up making something we didn't believe in, so we pushed it back a little bit. Um, that's been one of our biggest hang-ups recently. Being a small startup, it can be hard to make these connections in the industry, especially when you can't order 20,000 buttons because you don't have the capital for that. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it probably took us longer than expected to find all these connections. Um, that's just one. But I think reason. that's a, yeah, that's right. I mean, that's I think on my mind. that's right. Yeah. I think having the right team in place is where you kind of f realize that you can kind of get through anything. And the fact that you guys were collectively able to say, nope, we're not going with this fabric. This isn't what we believe in. Like that's when it's so important to have that team behind you and, and advisors and people that can kind of step in and, and help sort of guide you. Definitely. Yeah. What, uh, you know, we work with, I don't know, 50, 100 student, student entrepreneurs a, a year in between teaching at Champlain College, at UVM, at Middlebury. Um, 
how can we do a better job helping students? Mm. That's a great question. I mean, I think you did a great job because look at us now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Where's the tissue box? Hold on, let me tell you, man. It's not unfair. Brainstorm for a second here. That's okay. I, I mean, it was more of... Can you call on me later for this one? Yeah, I guess so. Wow. Okay. We've never had a stump question. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, maybe that... Any advice on, like, being a student and an entrepreneur? I mean, I think you mm -hmm. guys executed that really well. Is there anything sort of that comes to mind in terms of how to sort of make that work? Um, communication is key. Mm. That's what I would say. Um, we have gone through many different strategies for keeping each other accountable and making sure we're tuned in to what each other uh, is doing. Uh, so we've tried everything from... Uh, I don't know, just random Slack reminders to do something to more recently we or just calls where we say what we've been up to weekly. Now we've been doing a, a weekly summary, so every Sunday we write all the things we worked on this week, no matter how small, and that's been working for us. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend that strategy. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Well, it's a work in progress here. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're doing it in real time, so... Um, Oh, one other thing I would say is we always try to start our meetings with either one of the, I think it's like a New York Times, 36 questions to fall in love. We start with one of those because we all love the product, but you're married to your co-founder, so you have to make sure you love each other too. Or a compliment of something we really appreciated that the other did this week. So we'd recommend those things. Shit. We get, Sam, we, we should do that. Dave, I'm down, man. <laughs> I didn't think you'd be on board. I appreciate you showing up today. And I'm sorry I forgot the Tom Girl juice for you. <laughs> yeah, in that case, I appreciate that you didn't forget me in regards to the Tom Girl juice. That's why it's good, because in moments like this where you could be angry, you can remember that nice thing Dave might have said to you yesterday or <laughs> but sometime. You can okay. remember that nice thing I didn't do for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so before we... Oh, sorry. I no, got, go for it. Uh, well, I was just going to say, any what's next for SheFly? Any any more products that we should keep an eye on? Oh, we got a we got a head nod. Definitely. So the whole idea behind SheFly is that we wanted it to be layerable so that no matter how many layers you have on, the product is still functional and works the same. So we had to prioritize something first, and we did hiking pants. But right now we're working on the design of underwear and long underwear. So both of those are in the works. We have some initial prototypes we've been trying on and playing with. Keep your eye out for that. Uh, and we also launched our online store, so you can buy a lot of the rewards I mentioned earlier uh, at www.sheflyapparel.com slash shop. Ooh. Nice. Will do. Maybe a little treat yourself. We also have cool t-shirts now, too. Wow. Yeah. Guess our Christmas list has just been fulfilled, right? I'm saying, man. There you go. Um, what do you think about um, the... Vermont scene overall? I mean, you've had a generally positive experience from what you've shared already, but, you know, were there a couple things that you, you felt we collectively weren't able to help that would have been just so key? You know, like, oh, here are two interns, or here's $10,000 in lodging for the summer. Because if I recall, Wait, you were, were going to... Wait, why did you offer me that? Yeah, well, well you were going <laughs> to sleep in that? a... 
yurt one summer, right? Yeah, it was last summer. Last summer, I right? I almost slept in a yurt, and then my nice friends took me in. Yeah, like, and literally, gave me trying to build your company by sleeping in a yurt. Like, remember, this is before you, Sam, but we had a game developer out of St. Mike's who had a hit game, and he was working on his second one. He wanted to save money, so he went to North Beach in the campground. Wow. And set up a Wi-Fi spot in hammocks and had like three people in hammocks coding their next game. Huh. He's, it was, we didn't take a lot of meetings indoors after that. It was a long summer of wetness and funk and yeah, coding. So not sure that's for me. No. Ooh. Okay, wait, can you rephrase the question? Yeah. Does this feel like congressional testimony? Like, can you please <laughs> no, I the don't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I asked, like, were there some gaps early mm -hmm. on that, you know, if we as a community wanted to scale student entrepreneurs, is it a quick five ten thousand dollars to sort of carry you through three or four months to cover lodging, a little bit of capital? Is it more, more in-kind legal services or especially prototyping facilities, anything like that that, that, that maybe we could work on? Yeah, um, a few things come to mind. I think especially with a product where a lot of the success depends on the ability to have trademarks and um, intellectual property protection, with how much it costs to get those things, it's thousands and thousands of dollars to submit a patent and to have the hours put in to make that a reality. That is something that um, made things move slower in the beginning was winning a pitch competition, waiting till we could get a little bit more, then moving forward with the next uh, stage with our lawyer. So that was something I would mention. Uh, also with a product that involves a lot of manufacturing, that was something that was hard to find here. I mean, it was great to find local seamstresses who could help us with the prototypes and really solidify the design. But after that, it didn't feel like there was that next step where we could find a factory that was capable of producing what we needed with the fabric we needed right here in Vermont. Um, there's something else I was going to say that I just forgot. What was it? I don't remember. Fabric, legal. It'll come back to me, maybe. That's okay. <laughs> That's good. Okay. That's good. We added out the quiet spaces, so. Um, I think it's time. Yeah. Damn. Taylor says it's You time. can ask Sam. George Grace, if there is one thing you would change about Vermont today, with a magic wand, what would you change? You're asking me to rip apart a place I love. Um, what would I change? It could just be adding something fun that we don't have. It doesn't have to be dramatic. We've had a reintroduction of red pandas. <laughs> I think it's just Actually, an introduction. It's just an introduction. Yeah, they well, here. that's true. Sorry about that. <laughs> we've had In N Out Burger, we've had diversity of. of people transportation was an one. interesting one Remember yeah, traffic yeah. Lights? i think that that actually might be my pet peeve uh, last summer when i was working here out of visa i was towed a bunch of times two times in one day in fact i remember that day actually yeah i am not pals with uh, burlington uh, city council people whoever decides these things <laughs> um, so i think yeah it's hard to be in a city where you definitely need a car to leave or I mean, within Burlington downtown, there's a lot of walkability, and I ride my bike everywhere. But if I need to leave to meet with a seamstress, I have to have a car, and there's not really good places to park, and people are kind of ridiculous about that. So it would be great if there were more public transportation options, but I know Burlington's working on it. 
Yeah, getting towed twice in one day was tough times. Yeah, and now I'm very paranoid, especially because my whole life is in my car at the moment. Right. Yeah, I parked it underneath our window last night so I could get up every so often and look. Yeah, it was bad. I'm paranoid. (laughs) Issues. (laughs) We all have them. (laughs) We certainly do. And thank well, you so much, Georgia Grace, for sharing an update on your story, because this is by no means over. It's just getting started, which is really exciting. And and you and Charlotte and Bianca are, are remain in touch. And um, please use your friends in Vermont, resources you get as, uh, as things go forward. That's really, us. Really, really exciting. This has been Start Here with Sam and Dave, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. This series has been made possible by the Vermont Technology Council and Consolidated Communications. Follow us on Twitter at VSET, that's V-C-E-T. Thanks for listening, and now let's get back to work.